the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You get gentle. You're under control. You don't go in, in 50 million directions, get out all your theology books and show them how wrong they are. Show them the truth. They don't respond to the truth. They don't respond to the truth. But you make sure that you maintain control of yourself. Because if you lose control, you're not going to listen to a word you say anyway. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 is one of the most memorized verses among evangelicals. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my persuaders in both Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Right? Wrong. Jesus said we will be his witnesses. Our job is to tell the story and leave the results to the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We're studying the book of James, and today we have come to the second part of a two-part message from James chapter 3 concerning wisdom. When we travel by air, there are some strict rules about proving that we are who we say we are. But they aren't hard for most of us. All we need is a driver's license or a passport. But how would we go about proving that we are wise? What's the test? Here's Pastor Steve to explain. See, my question to you is, who is wise and understanding among you? How could you know if you're wise? By the life that you live? And that's exactly what James is saying. There are certain marks of a wise person. There are certain signs, or, or as we're calling it, characteristics. And the end of, of verse 13 is what we're going to focus on tonight and let you out in just a little while. He says, if you're wise and understanding, here's the test. Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. That may not look like there's much depth to that verse, but there is. Let me explain. He says there are two characteristics of a truly wise person. Good behavior. When I initially read that, I thought, well, that just means he does the right thing. But you know what I discovered? I discovered in the original form of the Greek, this term meant literally to turn or to turn back. You know what God is saying? A wise person, it's used, by the way, 13 times in the New Testament, but a wise person is one who doesn't hesitate to turn back to the truth. He doesn't hesitate to alter his life to conform to the truth of Scripture. If he's wrong, he doesn't rebel. He turns around and he gets his life in order. Basically, what James is saying is he's obedient to the truth. Now, you see, God doesn't say he's perfect. God just says when he's faced with truth, he responds properly. I, I so appreciate, I have a friend, and many of you know him, Bill Grinnell. Bill is a close friend of mine, and, and uh, it's been my privilege to rebuke Bill a number of times. And uh, here's why I usually do it. I, I put my arm around him and I say, how's your day been? 
And he, he knows that I'm setting him up to tell him that there, there's something I think he needs to get in order. And he's done it with me. And we go back and forth. And you know, I so appreciate this about Bill because he has wisdom because he has always responded and altered his life if he believes what I'm saying is valid. That's a mark of a wise person. And he didn't even pay me to say that. But a wise person turns, he, he conforms to the truth if his life is not in order. You see, because a, a teacher is teaching the truth. And if the truth doesn't go through him and change his life, how could he ever get up and teach anybody else? Because ultimately, the purpose of teaching truth is to conform us all to the image of, of God, to get our lives in order. I want you to turn your Bibles to Titus chapter 2. See, a very important verse. We were, um, our staff gets together on Thursday mornings, Bill Houck, Jim Carmichael, myself, and usually Dr. Thomas when he's not tied up at the school. But one of the things we were going over this last Thursday morning was this verse in Titus chapter 2, 6 and 7. And I want to I go over this with you because this is so important. You know, Titus had a hard job. Titus was a young man, and he was sent to the islands of, of Crete. Matter of fact, Warren Wiersbe in his book on Titus titles his uh, chapter, Titus, Our Man in Crete. Titus was God's man in Crete to, to ordain elders, probably men who were far older than him, and he had young men who he worked with. And God gave him a, a whole lot of truth about setting a pattern, being an example, and it all comes together in Titus chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. He says, likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. So Titus, I want leaders who are dignified, they aren't always cutting jokes. It doesn't mean they don't have a sense of humor, but it means that I want them to be sensible. I, I want them to be sensible in all things, to show dignity, gravity, to be sober-minded. And you know, Titus, you know how you're going to teach them that? You can speak till you're blue in the face, and it's important to, to speak the truth, but here's what really uh, helps people. Verse 7, in all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds, with purity and doctrine dignified. In other words, Titus, if you want them to be one way, you've got to be that way. You show them the pattern. They ought to be able to look at you and say, that's what Titus is teaching. That's what, what our, our brother in Christ is talking about. Look at him. That's the way it's to be done. John Calvin that famous theologian said this, example draws where precepts fail. A teacher must be an example. You who have children, who, who teach your children the word of God, you've got to be an example. How many times we, we meet Christians, children who have grown up and they're adults now, and they don't want anything to do with Christianity, or if they do have something to do with it, it's only at a nominal level because they heard their parents talk, but they never saw action. They heard one thing, but they saw another. They heard that we shouldn't be prejudiced, but they heard them talking in language that we shouldn't even repeat from the pulpit. An example. I have a friend who recently told me about doing some business dealings with a pastor and the language that this pastor used. And if I mentioned his name, some of you would know him right in our area. Doing business with this man, it was a disgrace to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we can teach the truth, 
And people can respond to the truth whether you're an example or not, but they'll never respond like they should. They'll never follow you as you follow Christ. They may obey, but most of the time your life will simply drown out what they have to say, what you have to say. That's why I appreciate, and I said this about Ruth singing. It's, it's wonderful to have people who sing who you know their life is what they're singing. Their song is, is their life in music. We need to be an example. We need to conform our life. A wise person conforms his life. Hebrews 13.7 says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, considering the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. Look to your leaders. Do you realize every elder in this church ought to be a shining example? Myself included. You ought to be able to look at us. You won't see perfection, but you ought to see somewhat of consistent life and say, that's the way it's to be done. And if you don't see that, then you go to them or you go to me. and You tell me that there's an area of life that, is, that, that you feel is off. Now, be, be gentle. You do this. Be sweet. But you tell us. You see, a teacher will lose all credibility when his life doesn't conform to the truth. You won't even listen most of the time to his words. You won't follow. That's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Where I don't follow Christ, don't follow me. You see, as a teacher of God's word, we aren't just dealing with academics. I'm not just pouring information into you. Teaching and preaching is far more than that. You're being faced with spiritual truth that demands obedience. I'm not just giving you information. If we wanted that, I could just play a cassette tape and walk off. But, but we're, we're presenting not only the truth, we're presenting the truth in living form. I'm sharing my life. A teacher does that. When you disciple somebody, you're communicating a life to a life. Otherwise, you might as well just give them the books and the tapes. That's why mass evangelism must come down to personal evangelism. A life to a life. That's why the Lord never said just have sky, sky writing in the sky to get the gospel out. It comes down to a life to a life. And all of us struggle with obedience. All of us. I do. We need to be careful that we don't get to a point where we're afraid to admit our struggles. You see, that's what shows people that we're real. I must. I, it's at least ten times a week, probably more, that I have to apologize to my children for either losing my temper or saying something unkind or neglecting them or, or something where I was out of line. With my wife, I've lost count how many times a week it is. But I struggle with that. And if you're honest, you struggle with that. We need to be, be careful. We, we can share those struggles. Some of them, they're in good taste. They won't uh, bring the wrong things to mind. But all of us struggle with this. This is what gives reality to what you're saying. People can relate to you. This is the, the beauty of a man that many of you hear on the radio, Chuck Swindoll. After you hear Chuck Swindoll, you just want to put your arm around him and say, I know what you're going through, Chuck, because I go through that. How many of you heard Chuck Swindoll on the radio? Many of you. After you've heard him once or twice, you feel like he's your closest friend, that you know this fellow, that if you saw him, you just put your arm and you say, Hi, Chuck. I can really relate to you because you really relate to me. Now, there's a man who, who knows what it's like to be a teacher. He's not perfect, but he's consistent. And when he struggles, you know that you can relate to that. But there's another characteristic 
of a wise person. A wise person conforms to the truth, but there is a gentleness about this person. The word for gentleness comes from the Greek word meaning mild, gentle, soft. It was often used in literature to describe a, a soothing medicine or a gentle breeze or a cult that had been broken and domesticated. It doesn't mean weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Jesus was meek, but he wasn't weak. Basically, meekness or gentleness, it's the same term, means strength under control. It means that you're walking in the Spirit. It means that you're under control. A truly wise person is a gentle person. He's not out of control trying to ramrod truth down anybody's throat. You see, this is the beauty of this. The mark of an immature, unwise, new believer usually is when he, he first gets saved in his zeal, he lacks that wisdom, and he does what I did, is you go to your parents and your family and you tell them everything you know about the Lord, and if they don't accept Christ, you just wonder, how could they refuse? So you tell them all over again. And you, th you think, and this is what I thought, well, they're not accepting Christ. Something must be wrong. I better have another approach. So the next day, you sit them down and you, you just get pushy and obnoxious. That's the mark of immaturity. That's the mark of an unwise person. We mentioned Chuck Swindoll a moment ago. I heard this story from him. He said in the 1950s, he worked at a machine shop, and he was from an, a certain denomination, and the man he worked with was from another denomination. And he decided that he was going to tell this man all the wrong things that he was involved in and how right his way was. And every day he just told him and told him until, until he was blue in the face. And finally the fellow took him by the arm and said, All right, I, I know that you're telling the truth. I agree with you. But I will never, never change my way. Swindoll said, I thought to myself, how stupid. If you know the truth and you don't respond to the truth, that's stupid. And the man continued and said, and I'm not going to change because I hate you. Which must have been a crushing blow, probably the best thing that ever happened to Charles Swindoll. And you know why he hated Chuck Swindoll? Because Chuck Swindoll kept putting this man down, and, and he didn't show any of the characteristics of a wise person. He had the truth, but he didn't know how to use it. He was anything but gentle. He was rude, he was abrasive, he was tactless, like so many of us. You know, isn't it true that when you hear about a witnessing program in a church, you get the vision that, it, that somebody's standing on somebody's neck saying, you've got to accept Christ. We're so ungentle with people. You see, meekness uses power properly. And wisdom uses knowledge properly. And God puts it together. We turn a lot of people off by the way we witness, don't we? And then we usually conclude, well, the gospel, you know, offends people. It's true, but sometimes I think we're offensive to people. Because we're not gentle. We're not sensitive. We're not understanding. That doesn't mean that we're wishy-washy in our beliefs. But it means that you're sensitive. You're speaking to another person. You're not, you're not yelling at, at somebody. You're speaking to an individual. I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is the picture of, of gentleness. This is the best picture 
I think, in Paul's letters of gentleness. Chapter 2, verse 24. You know, the context, 2 Timothy, Timothy had to deal with a lot of false teachers. Timothy was our man at Ephesus. You see, he had to deal with a lot of false teachers. And even in verse 23, Paul says, but refuse foolish and ignorant speculations knowing that they produce quarrels. Don't, don't get involved in arguing, Timothy. Don't bicker about things. Don't debate about things. Here's what you do. Verse 24. You see, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all. To all, even those who are obnoxious? Yeah, to all. Able to teach. That doesn't mean that he has the gift of teaching. Bruce Mills taught Sunday school class right here in this room this morning and went over that means a sensitivity. That means he knows how to communicate his faith in a wise way. But it also means, as Gene Getz points, points out, it also means to have a, a teachable spirit as well. Apt to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, there's that same word, with a gentle spirit, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been laid, held captive by him to do his will. You know what we usually do when somebody uh, disagrees with us on a doctrine? We say, let's take them on. I'll take out my 50 proof texts and argue with them. Paul says, that's not the way you do it. You get gentle. You're under control. You don't go in, in 50 million directions and get out all your theology books and show them how wrong they are. Show them the truth. They don't respond to the truth. They don't respond to the truth. But you make sure that you maintain control of yourself. Because if you lose control, they're not going to listen to a word you say anyway. Galatians 5.23 says gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. You know what it all comes down to? The two characteristics of a wise teacher means that a teacher needs to be filled with the Spirit. Even as we said this morning. Spirit-controlled Christian. One who will conform to the truth and one who is under control. He hasn't lost himself. He hasn't exploded. So many do. Think in your background of when you debated with a teacher or you went to a teacher and questioned if his doctrine was right or not. Did they treat you in a gentle manner? I've had teachers who treated me in a gentle manner, and I've appreciated that. And it's encouraged me to listen to what they have to say, even if I disagree with them. But when somebody is threatened... When somebody feels insecure that their position is questioned, that's the mark of an unwise person. And if they don't get their life in order, maybe they shouldn't be a teacher. Now, this has real application, especially to our Sunday school teachers, to our teachers at Lakeside Christian School. You need to get serious about being the kind of teacher that God wants you to be. Do you show the characteristics of a wise teacher? You parents, is this the way you teach your children? Or if they come to you and, and ask questions, do you just jump down them? Or do you take them aside and say, let's, let's delve into the Bible on this. Let's see what God has to say. You know, I, I imagine that more, especially teenagers, are turned off because their parents, when they question their parents' values, their parents never take the time to show them why they believe. They just say, believe it. That's it. That settles it. You won't have sideburns. That's it. Things like that. You won't listen to that type of music. Instead of just getting with them and saying, here's what the Word has to say. I wonder about our Sunday school teachers. 
If your lifestyle is being communicated to your class, you know, that means that you need to be around your class a little bit. That it isn't just the words you say. They ought to see a life backed up by that. Do you have them over to your house? Do you get together with them? Do you mingle with people? Or are you just telling stories? That's not all there is to teaching. Teaching is your life. You know, in the Old Testament, it says, like people, like priests. The people we teach become just like us. If we're unwise, they pick that up. If we respond and conform to the truth, that really means something. That shows that you really believe what you're teaching. And if you're gentle in communicating it, gentle when challenged, that shows that you're a wise person. Like people, like priests. Paul said to the Ephesian elders, take heed unto yourselves. That's what we need to do. Are you a wise teacher? That's, that's what James is saying. Are you wise? Who among you is wise? Do you, how do you know if you're wise? Do you have a gentleness about you? Are you under control? And do you conform to the truth when faced with it? You know, if you're, if you're here and you don't know Christ, you can't conform to the truth unless you know him. The first step is to know him as Savior. And you can't be gentle because he said, come unto me, all who are weary, and I'll give you rest because I'm meek, I'm humble, I'm lowly. If you want to be like that, you first have to know the Lord Jesus. For the Christian here, whether you're a teacher or not, you need to be wise. You need to be wise. You need to conform to the truth. Then the world will take notice that we really have something to say. Then people in this church that you work with will really take notice and, and believe the truth. You'll be an example to them. God put such a high premium on example. You can blow it in the words that you say. You can even blow it in your doctrine. But if you bl- And people will forgive you. But if you blow it in your lifestyle, they may forgive, but they lose confidence in you. Let's pray. Our Father, each one of us are faced in one way or another with teaching. Help us to be wise. Oh, how I want to be. How I, how I pray not only for myself, but on behalf of all of us. Just like Solomon, give us wisdom and knowledge. And give it to us beyond our, our age. Give it to us beyond our young age or middle age or old age. We want wisdom from you. Wisdom is the principal thing. With all thy getting, Solomon said, get wisdom. We get so many things. We're after, sometimes it seems like we're after to, uh, after to build a, an empire, material wealth. The word of God says wisdom is better than rubies. Wisdom is better than jewels. Wisdom is better than a beautiful house. Wisdom is the principal thing. We want that. And when we have that, our Father, you'll help us. I I pray you'll help us to be gentle, to be under control. Not only that, to conform to the truth when faced with it. To be big enough to say, I've been wrong. I changed because I've been faced with the truth of Scripture. And that's my authority. I pray that you'll help us to be walk in that humility of spirit that we would respond to the truth. We would admit that we've been wrong. Now we pray as the words of, of the, my mouth that I've just shared and the meditation of our heart 
might be acceptable unto you. We pray as we go from here, you'll help us to be wise people in our community. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you could be here today for Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve Kreloff continues our journey through James chapter 3. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you'd like to know more about Lakeside or if you have questions about how you can know Jesus personally, give the office a call at 727-441-1714. Please leave a message with your daytime phone number if you call outside of normal office hours. That's 727-441-1714. To learn more about Verse by Verse, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. All our previous programs are available for free downloading or streaming on the Message Archive page. And there's also giving information available if the Lord is leading you that way. We are very thankful for the generous listeners who help cover the costs of producing and airing Verse by Verse. That's at versebyverseradio.org. I mentioned at the start of our previous broadcast that there are two kinds of wisdom. So far, we've been considering godly wisdom. When we meet again, we'll begin to examine another kind of wisdom, one that really isn't wisdom at all. For Pastor Steve Kreloff, this is Jerry Peterson saying thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be able to join us for the next Verse by Verse. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.